This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hello, my name is Gail Ellis. I'm Dean of Admissions at Suffolk Law School. We're very fortunate today to be joined by Associate Dean for Intellectual Life and Professor of Law, Kathleen Engel. Good afternoon, Dean Engel. The law school asks that I talk a bit about my new book, The Subprime Virus, Reckless Lending, Regulatory Failure, and Next Steps. This is a book that I wrote with Professor Pat McCoy, who teaches at the University of Connecticut School of Law, and really reflects years of work that we've been doing together. We started the research that culminated in the book back in 1999, before people even really knew the word subprime or the word securitization or mortgage-backed securities or ever really thought much about the rating agencies. This book is not a purely academic book. It's what the industry calls a crossover book. It's intended for a curious audience that wants a nuanced and careful analysis of how politics, ideology, business practices, culture, and of course regulators contributed to subprime lending and ultimately the financial collapse that we're still feeling the the fallout from. We begin the book with a brief history of mortgage lending and describe how it was that predatory lending emerged, because predatory lending is a fairly new phenomenon, maybe 15 years old. And then we talk about how Wall Street played a role in making loans that borrowers couldn't afford to replay. And we also spend a lot of time looking at the role of bank regulators, the Federal Reserve Board, the FDIC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the OCC, which is the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the Office of Thrift Supervision, which has been eliminated, and figure out how they played a role in the subprime crisis by not exercising their enforcement powers and their oversight powers and how that lack of activity by the regulators brought the Wild West to the banking industry and then led to, ultimately, to the subprime crisis. The final section of the book analyzes the new Dodd-Frank financial reform law, which uh, not only addresses mortgage lending, but attempts to tackle some of the risky financial instruments on Wall Street that contributed to the crisis. So there are a lot of reasons I'm excited about the book and and hope that people will pick it up and read it. One is that the book really shows how the financial crisis wasn't a perfect storm. Some people describe the financial crisis as the coming together of various risky practices all at the same time that then created the storm. But really, it traces its origins back 20 years, and we chronicle how it gathered strength as high-risk lending and gambling by banks went mainstream. And so in that way, we refute this depiction of the subprime crisis as a perfect storm and describe it, I think, in a more accurate um, and more evocative way. We also go beyond simply describing what was happening in the financial market. Some of the new books take a, a more narrow approach to describing the financial collapse Ours is very broad. We tell stories. We tell the stories of individual borrowers, of mortgage brokers, banks, rating agencies, due diligence firms, investment banks. And we also delve deeply into government records that show the activities of bank regulators and describe exactly how regulators allowed individual banks to take on risk, exploit borrowers, and ultimately force taxpayers to bail the banks out. 
I'm pleased that we were able to include chapters on the new Dodd-Frank law. This book is one of the first to analyze the law and its ability to reform the financial markets and institutions that hopefully will prevent another crisis of this scale. So the parts of the book that may be very interesting to readers are the ones that address and evaluate the various provisions in the Dodd-Frank financial reform law. Some of the reforms directly address mortgage lending and put in new standards, and as many people know, created the new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is the transitional piece of that bureau is headed up by Elizabeth Warren from Harvard Law School. The law puts into place what we call underwriting standards, which are really ways to determine whether somebody is creditworthy. And it also limits some of the abuses that were symptomatic and pervasive in the subprime and predatory loan markets in the past. So that part of the bill is very effective at addressing many of the problems that gave rise to people obtaining unaffordable loans. Other parts of the bill, and very significant parts of the bill, try to tackle the problems on Wall Street. And the problems on Wall Street were not only that the investment banks and other big commercial banks were financing predatory and subprime lenders, but also that they had created these very, very risky financial instruments, different types of derivatives, collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps. They even had credit default obligations squared and cubed. They are very difficult products to regulate. And the Dodd-Frank law attempts to grapple with some of the features of these products that make them tricky and complex and difficult to regulate, but it doesn't go far enough. One of our concerns that we articulate in the book is that the regulations governing Wall Street don't go far enough and that there is still the possibility that Wall Street could get as greedy as it was over the last 20 years and develop instruments that it's impossible for people to detect how risky they are which could put us in a situation again where the biggest financial institutions in the country are carrying way too much risk and their failure could cause an implosion of the U.S. economy. One of our goals in writing the book was to demonstrate to people all the many forces that contributed to the financial crisis. So rather than looking through one lens, the lens of finance, economics, or housing policy, or development policy, or something like that, we try to document all the different factors that contributed both to the housing bubble and to abusive lending and ultimately the financial collapse. So one of our goals really was to chronicle all of the events and all the different forces from politics to finance theory that led to the emergence of this sophisticated financial market related to housing. But then we also wanted to identify where it was that things went wrong on every level, on the policy level, on the regulatory level, on Wall Street, with local mortgage brokers, in neighborhoods, and to think about what that means in terms of policy. What's the right policy response, given these different problems? And we answer that question in part by reference to the Dodd-Frank 
financial reform law, which addresses many, not all, of the problems that contributed to the crisis. I have to conclude with a little advertisement. The first is that the book just won this week the American College of Consumer Financial Services Lawyers Best Book Award. The book is published by Oxford University Press, which is a publisher for several different books by Suffolk Law School faculty, and the book can be ordered online through various websites. Thank you very much. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.